Welcome to the Life Refresh Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. And if you are looking for a podcast that is designed to uplift, encourage, and revive your heart, mind, and spirit, you're in the right place. Welcome to the journey of becoming the version of you God designed from the foundations of the earth. Now, let's begin. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Ryan Robinson. Glad that you are able to come back to the podcast. I'm really excited to teach on uh, Anchored Identity Part 3. Yes, Part 3. And uh, if you haven't, listen to Anchored Identity Part 1 or Part 2. Give this one a pause. Listen to Part 1 and then Part 2. And then part three, these are so integral and so important to uh, listen to them all together because what we really address are are the details and the things that keep us as, um, I would say, keep us from really owning and really getting to know who we are at our foundational pieces. We're not the things that we purchase. We're not the clothes that we buy. We're not the, we are more than just that. And when you get yourself anchored in the right identity, I think uh, in in this instance, in God's identity, it it will actually give you um, more stability to deal with some of the things that life may throw at you as it throws many things at each and every one of us. So I want to go jumping right into the the teaching for today, and we um, got to a great point of of who of talking about who am I, uh, who am I? But really, another piece of this that really gets to the core where growth can really begin is when you get to know whose am I, whose am I. Who am I really can't begin until you know whose am I. That's powerful. All right. So so let me do a little vocabulary uh, grammar lesson uh, for those who love grammar. And uh, I want to start with the difference because we get some of these we get some of these words confused a little bit. So there's a difference between whose W.H.O. apostrophe S and W-H-O-S-E. There's a big difference. So I want to get into that first so that we'll have some context as we go into the lesson. Um, So according to dictionary.com, whose, W-H-O-S-E, is the possessive form of the pronoun who, while whose, W-H-O-S, excuse me, W-O-H apostrophe S, is a contraction of the words who is or who has. So simply put, it's who owns versus who has or who is. Okay? So once you identify and understand that who's, what you possess or who's possessing that particular thing is extremely important to the foundation of identity because it is actually built into us to know who and where we came from. You can look 
online and I'm sure ancestry.com is blown up with so many family trees of find of you know generations of family that have history etc and there is this innate ability to understand and know where we came from and whose line are we you might find that you uh, have royalty in your blood whatever the case is but what that does is it gives you a foundation by which you know who you are. So identity is built up over years. So essentially what ends up happening is you can connect and add that piece to your identity because all of us don't come, when we come into the world, we don't necessarily have a, a an instruction manual available to us, uh, who we are, where we came from. Not everyone has that. Until you really dig in, with like these DNA tests from Ancestry.com. I took one of those, my wife and I took one of those maybe a few years ago. And to find out who we had in our line was eye-opening. The ability to speak and teach and those things were in actually my blood. I come from a line of preachers. I knew some of that, but I didn't know how far it went. It was like, oh, so that's why I got the gift that I had that God placed in my line. So essentially, it's been in my family for years. I just cultivated. So now I have connection. I have some connection to my ancestry, to the gift that I operate in so that I know I'm just not being crazy. This gift came from somewhere and that it's been in my family. What that does is it gives you some level of ownership and possession and and pride, really, of being a part of something bigger than yourself, something bigger than yourself. And to me, that's super important. When we purchase items, for example, um, I'm a an Apple person and um, I love Apple products. If you don't know it, now you do. And on every Apple product, there is an Apple logo. On your phone, when you power it on, the Apple logo pops up. It's on the box. They got stickers. They have it everywhere. Every single place you can find an Apple logo on an Apple device. Why? Because it lets people know who made it. It also lets people know if it gets damaged, you need a take it to the place that has this logo on it. In addition, these manufacturers, Apple, has given names to each of these devices. So you have an iPhone, you have a MacBook, you have AirPods, you have whatever, whatever you want the name or whatever they figure the name is going to be for a particular product. They've named it. So because they named it and because they are the manufacturer they have the responsibility and the capability to tell you how this thing works in ways that you don't even know because they made it. They know how to fix what's behind the glass. They know what's under the hood of your laptop or your desktop computer. They know every single detail because why? They made it. So they have the capability to fix it when it's broken, to teach you how to maximize it, as well as be able to 
refresh, re- reconfigure, and do all the things that we needed to do in order to function the way it functions. Now, isn't it amazing that the same principle by which God created the heavens and the earth <laughs> is what we replicate? And why is it that we replicate these particular methods? It is because we have been made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, so I'm going to go to the book of Genesis, um, chapter one in the book of Genesis. Genesis means beginning. So it gives you the foundation of what, who we are and whose we are. So that if we ever have an issue, we need to go back to whose we belong to. Okay, so I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And uh, it says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. Here it is. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So here we go. This is the powerful thing. So, and then if I, if, if I skip it down to verse 31, there's a lot of detail here. But so then God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very good. That it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Okay, so I want to get into this piece that um, be God and he, we are made in God's image. And likeness, okay, which means we have similar capability that God has uh, in our own nature. So, um, when we take a picture um, with our phones or or with family or or whatever the case is, we get an image. It's a snapshot of who we are. It has our hair color, it has our uh, skin tone, it has our eye color, it has our smile, it, it has everything that looks like us. And in fact, it has our same mannerisms, it has, uh, the image is a bearer of what we essentially are in some dispensation of time, okay? Um, so you can't say, look at that image and say, that's not you. Because it is you. So when you look at it, <laughs> it should reflect what you see in the mirror. Okay? If it doesn't, then you know you got something else going on. But it should match up. Okay? So if God made us in his image, we have the ability to create, develop, the things that God did. God did all of these things. He created the heavens and the earth, did all the things that we listed um, that, that God gave man authority over. We have that in our nature. But there is this innate ability for us to be 
connected to someone because God could have, you know, just made somebody. But but here we go. Let, let's let's go to this part of relationship. I want to get to this piece because I alluded to last week that when Jesus was baptized uh, in, in the River Jordan, uh, the heavens opened up and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Right. So he initially pronounced his relational connection to Jesus. This is my son. This is my son. So he gave the relational equity. So it, it, it was important for him to know that at his foundational thing, again, I said last week, and God said, this is my son and who I'm well pleased. He didn't do anything. Just the fact that he existed was pleasing to God. So here we go. Let, let's get to Genesis chapter uh, uh, two. Uh, and and I, I want to get to, this is verse 18. This is uh, so good. <laughs> this is so good. Okay. So he says, then the Lord God, now this is like part two. This is the creation story too. So long story, but uh, just flow along with me. Verse 18, Genesis chapter two, verse 18 says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Period. We know that this is Eve that God created out of Adam's rib. Uh, equal, meaning that they are equal. They are connected. They came from the side, which means it's no one's lower or above. They are equal. But, ha but are different. But God said it's not good for man to be alone, which means he needed relationship because God is a relational God. So in order for God or for order for Adam to be an image of God, there had to be some relationship established on the earth that reflected the relationship that he had in heaven with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we can, we can talk about that in, a, in another podcast as well. Um, but there had to be something that reflected the image of God. And relationship is what did that. So now they know whose they are, who they are, one. But they also know now whose they are. And when we forget whose we are, we will forget who we are and then we will do some things that don't line up with who we are because we forgot whose we are. It's super important for us to know and know, know that we know that we know whose we are. Because once we do know that, there's some things that we won't do because of who we belong to. It's funny when um, we had our daughter um, and I was learning about, you know, children. <laughs> um, my wife would tell me at one point, at some point <laughs> in your child's development, uh, you will no longer be known as Ryan. You will be known now as Emery's dad. Okay, and then uh, when when people see Emory, they will know that uh, 
she is Ryan's daughter um, or Desiree's daughter or, uh, you know, uh, Emery's mom, you know, those kinds of things. Right. So the thing is, our child is an image of us, of me and my wife, Desiree. She has she looks like me in cases when she's with me. <laughs> and then she looks like Desiree, too. But she holds an image of us. But she's not us. But she's, but whose is she? She's ours. So her identity is connected to her relationship to us, which is now how many of her friends at school, our neighbors and everything, identify us by the relationship that we have with her and she has with us. So that is what's important. Many of us don't have a who's. And until we have a who's we belong to, we will never truly articulate the who we are. And let's get a little bit further because Jesus gives this perfect example because, you know, most people think that God is just a God, a faraway God that we just don't, you know, we don't talk to him and anything like that. You know, we have to be very formal and, those kinds of things and like father we love you you know and, and that's cool that's cool if you if you if that's cool i'm not i'm not downing that but what god really wants us to do and what jesus truly truly exemplified is a deep connection and relationship to his heavenly father so in mark 14 uh, beginning at verse 35 this is when jesus is in the garden of gethsemane uh, it, the Bible says he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, here's the key. Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And 36 says, Abba, Father, I, I mentioned that Abba, Father. Abba Father, and the word Abba is a very intimate name in Arabic. Um, that it's it doesn't necessarily mean it's like daddy, but it's also a huge respect for your authority. So it's it's it is uh, it's honoring, but also endearing. At the same time, there's this level of trust in saying that. And how do you know that? Because Jesus said, it's not what I will, but what you will. And he addressed him as father, as someone who can he can come to when I don't know what to do and when I don't want to do it. But I trust you enough because you know who I am and because I am yours you know what's best for me. I think everyone wants to know whose they are. Married couples, you know, or dating couples want to know, oh, that's my baby over there. You know, like that's, think of any song, any love song. There is some level of possession with, guess what? A pet name, 
a beautiful name that's like, oh, that's just between you and me, babe. Like, you know, just just things like that. It just it makes relationship have a deeper meaning than just saying, oh, that's my girlfriend. No, you can say, no, that's my girl or whatever the case, whatever you and your your you and your significant other say. But that is it takes it another level. It's like children calling, uh, you know, their grandparents, uh, pawpaw or Gigi or Grana or Gam Gam or it is something that is deeply tied to their relationship. And guess what? When you own it and put more endearment on it, it's because it took some thought. And it just means something different than just say, oh, that's my grandpa or my grandfather. <laughs> it means something different when you put possession on it. Because when you put possession on it, you can name it differently. And you name it based on how you feel connected to the person. You don't say, that's my brother. That's my bro. Or, what, or that's my sis. You don't just say, that's my sister. No, it, it, it's true. But you put a little extra on it when you know whose you are. That's the powerful piece. Um, and it's so critical for us to get the who we are and the whose we are identified first before we go back and start doing the what's. What do we do? How do we do? Because until we find out whose we are and who you are, what you do and how you do it will never, ever sustain itself. It will crumble. It will crumble. And I want to kind of close on, on this. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, um, every, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You know, I definitely encourage you uh, to read Matthew chapter seven so you know what came before it, uh, which is another um, great study to go through. At this point, if we don't lay a foundation that we can build from, it will crumble. Now, notice this. In the passage, the foolish man's house and the wise man's house went through the same kind of storm. They both had rain, floods, winds that beat on the house. But at the end of it, what it was standing on was what caused the house to either stay or fall. I really hope that every listener of this podcast really builds their life on the rock. For the rock for me is Jesus Christ. That's important for me. I want people to know that once we 
really get a the core foundation of who we are, whose we are, truly. I think that there's power in that. Because the things, if you get the six-figure job or you get something else, it doesn't change who you are. It just changes the current circumstance that is temporary. You're still who you are and you still know whose you are. So I'm hoping that from this foundational piece of anchored identity and get this in a storm anchored ships an anchor is designed to keep a ship in position. It goes down deep into the sea where no one can see and latches onto something so that the vehicle that's trying to get from point A to point B does not drift, does not get destroyed, or does not capsize because of the storms and circumstances that they're in. The seas are something that we cannot control. The storms of life we cannot control. But what we can do is we can choose where we drop our anchor. And once you drop your anchor in the right place to the right rock, not just on sand, I believe wholeheartedly that your life, no matter what you do, will be blessed. So from here, we can begin to build on some of the great things that God has in store for each and every one of us because we decided to do some inside work first before we decided to work on the outside. Thank you for tuning into the Life Refresh Podcast. There are three things I'll need you to do before you go. One, subscribe to this podcast, whether it be through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe to get the latest episode in your feed. Two, rank the podcast. If you like what you heard today, make sure you give it a great rating on those platforms. It'll help get us the exposure we need to make our message much broader and reach a different audience. And three, make sure you share this episode. I guarantee if you found value in it, someone you're connected to will find value in it as well. With that said, take care and tune in to the next episode of Life Refreshed.